In this Taking 20 episode, we are going to go to Los Angeles, California, and we're going to visit Jackie Zeman. Yes, Bobby from General Hospital in her new home. In fact, you know, visiting homes uh, with Jackie is always a pleasure because she's a designer. She has decorated homes over the years and they're always fantastic. They feel homey, yet they're beautiful. She has this sense of style. Um, she also is a great bargain shopper when she needs to be. So she's kind of fun to go shopping with. And uh, you may have recognized some of that great skill she has from a show that she did on TLC called Make This Place Your Home. She's also Sophia Madison on The Bay. You can watch that on Amazon. But again, for gosh, I think 40 years, she's been Bobby on General Hospital. And for many, many years, She's been one of my dearest friends. Um, she's who I go to when I need mom advice. She has two daughters. And uh, I think you're going to love talking with her about just life and going through some tough stuff and keeping a good attitude. So let's take 20 with Jackie Zeman. <laughs> okay, I am so excited to get to see the inside of your new house because I haven't gotten to come visit you yet. So we'll do it via Zoom. Great. Well, I'm glad you can see me. It's because I remembered to finally take the tape off the camera on my computer because other times I've gone on Zoom and I forget and people are like, where are you? We can't find you. <laughs> and it's not because I don't usually wear makeup anymore. <laughs> not at all. I'm hiding. You know, you and I have talked, Jackie and I have been friends for decades. And I, I was telling you, you know, I've kind of lost it with the self-care I Putting on makeup is not, I don't do it every day. I'm lucky if I go outside some days. But you, for as long as I've known you, you've always taken your daily walks. You always eat good food. You you have dessert. Like you're, you're so good about self-care. How, in fact, even with this, and I know you've gone through some pretty tough, tough times in your life. How do you stay resilient and, and what's behind your self-care secret, I guess? Well, you know, my daughters are now, Cassidy and Lacey Rose are now 28 and 30. So, you know, but when they were, so they're on their own and they're independent. So I, I have access to my free time and I can choose to spend it and control it however I want. But, you know, when they were growing up, I was working every day, long days, 10 hours, 15, 18 hour days. I had my kids. I was, I, they both nursed on my boob, one for 12 months, one for 14 months, never drank out of a bottle. I mean, so I had to learn to multitask and women, I hear women talking about this all the time. You know, we're like, you know, even when you've got a little baby, you know, I've got a little granddaughter, the, the, the kid goes down for a nap and you're like, okay, should I pay the bills, take a shower, uh, sweep the thing, throw the laundry in? You know, there's 14 things that go through your head of what, how you should spend the next 20, 30 minutes. So what I learned was take, oh, well, in those days I would run. Now I can more fast walk every day. That was my time for myself. Now I had to multitask because in those days I, I had to learn 35 to 50 pages of dialogue. I was on, on general hospital, my little soap opera pretty much every day. So I would take a little run around the parking lot in the morning. I'd get up at, you know, 3.30, quarter to four every morning because our call times were early. I would jump in my car because I lived in Malibu. So my drive was about 50, five zero minutes from the studio. So I would go, I'd get there early. I'd hit the lot by five in the morning and the security lights would be on so I could see. So I, in those days I didn't need glasses so I could actually see my script without glasses. And I would run around the parking lot every day. I would do six or eight laps. It would take me 30 to 35 minutes, depending on whether I did six or eight. I was, I was fast. I was a fast runner in those days because I did it every day and I'd learn my lines 
that was my, and then I'd jump in the shower in my dressing room and hit the makeup chair, you know, get ready for the show. We'd start shooting at 8.30, boom, had to be ready. So I kind of got used to over the years having that time for myself. It was almost like um, my way of meditating, my way of connecting with the universe, because even though I had to learn the lines, I was feeling good about myself. I was feeling good about my job. I was feeling happy that I was managing to juggle everything and still find a way to find that 30 minutes for myself. So that's what I did. And now I still, even though I don't have that kind of time constraint in my life, um, I still make time. I, I literally do every day. I'm a diehard. I go out now. I don't run like I get all sweaty. So I don't have to wash my hair every day anymore, which I really love. Because in those days, I'd literally be dripping. I had to wash my hair every day. And I had long, thick hair and they would, they would blow dry. It would take them an hour to get my hair done. Now, you know, when you don't have to wash your hair every day, <laughs> it's a lot quicker. Heck, you know, in my, uh, we've talked about my COVID state. I've had the same outfit on a few days. Uh, no, I'm, I'm coming out of it though. And that's part of why I'm doing Taking 20 is to talk with people like you, to share. Um, and I'm so grateful to you and, and my dear friends for sharing with all of us here online. Some of these, how we're getting through it, how we've gotten through things in the past. And you've had a lot of um, storyline changes. Like you said, there was a time when you were working 18 hour days with two little kids and trying to hold a family life together. And then now as life has, has changed, I know your character, Bobby, has the part has gotten smaller and uh, you in real life have become a grandmother. Yes. And so I would love to talk a little bit about family relationships, your relationships with your daughters, because I'm noticing that my daughter's 21 and I'm visiting her. And I think we're all changing because of COVID. Some of us are being really closed in, closer to family. Um, we're needing to rely on our family maybe more than we did before. We're seeing our family maybe way more than we did before. <laughs> um, can you talk about maybe the transitions with the girls? Because you weren't always I mean, you've always been close with the girls, but I think you've had some ebbs and flows in the relationships, have you not? Yeah, well, we've always been close, but, you know, Cassidy, my firstborn, lives in San Francisco. I mean, she, but she went to college in New York, in the city, to the new school, and um, was gone for a year. Um, and at the time, you know, I've been living in, I'm a New Jersey, I'm a Jersey girl, but have been living in California now for, gosh, 43 years came out to, to California to do general hospital 43 years ago. So, you know, but I still have my sisters and family back East. So I consider myself a bi-coastal person, even though I don't actually live back East anymore. I go there a lot. And then Cassidy now is living up in San Francisco, but about to move back to LA. You know, she has Kennedy, my 10 month old granddaughter and her husband Cutter and Maddie, their German shepherd. So they're coming back and ironically, no plan, are going to live eight blocks from me, from bought a house. I, you know, bought a house three, well, moved in three weeks ago and they found a house eight blocks from me, just so happens. And my other daughter, my second born, Lacey Rose, just moved on Friday from Brentwood to Malibu. So she's literally nine minutes from me over the hill. So we've got our little tribal pod all like, you know, firmly ensconced in um, the neighborhood. It's become like the, the community neighborhood. And I'm really happy about that. Um, I've tried over the years not to be a needy mom, you know, not to be like, 
call me or, you know, never showing up on my kids or assuming that just because it's a certain holiday or birthday, we're going to spend it together. And I always wait to be, I don't invite myself over to their homes or to their holidays or anything. I wait to be invited and they come to me, but so it's worked out really well. And I, I found that by doing so, um, they want me more <laughs> rather than less. I don't feel like I'm getting pushed, pushed back as the mom. I feel like I'm being, you know, hugged and appreciated. And I feel such gratitude for that because um, you get to a point in life where you feel like family is, is it. I mean, besides your family and your friends, what's it all about really? And with this whole COVID thing happening for the last months, you find out who your friends and your family really are. You know, because friends can be family too, in a way that, you know, you don't realize who, who who's there for you, who loves you, who supports you, even when it's not convenient. There's a big lesson in that. I, I think that is, uh, you, oh, what a lesson. And I think that um, you have had, again, like these, these interesting ups and downs. And I know, you know, you went through a divorce and, and it's funny because in your life, when that happens, it's tabloids and magazines. And I, I know that you've done huge press tours where you're doing, you know, morning shows. We met um, doing TV shopping. And so for those of us who live a quote unquote, quote, normal life, I think that talking with you you get it so much because we also have the social media. We also have the, whether you live in a small town and as the holidays approach, you go to dinner and the kids are at the exes and you've managed that really well. You've really, um, and this was, I know this wasn't in our pre-plan, so I'm totally springing this on you, but you <laughs> have managed to maintain family post-divorce. Yes. Yes, well, Glenn, um, the father of my children and my husband for just shy of 20 years, um, we're friends. We, he calls me like once or twice a week about the girls. Now, when we first got divorced, uh, what was it? Maybe 14 years ago? Third generation, lost track. Around 2006 or seven or whatever that was. You know, it wasn't, um, it wasn't a horrible divorce. You know, the first question is my daughter Lacey asked me when we told them we were getting divorced she says did somebody cheat who cheated and I said no it wasn't like that we just grew apart and we decided that it you know we weren't happy anymore and we want you girls to see that when two people are married they need to be happy and if you're not happy if you ever get to a point in your life where you where you you know get married and you're not happy anymore then it's time to reassess and make a, a decision because that's about what isn't Gandhi said you know the most important thing in life is to be happy. So I, I believe that and I've lived that. And Glenn, you know, my former husband feels the same way. He's with this wonderful woman now, Sherry, who's fabulous. They're a good match. You know, I always felt when we first got married that we were a good match. And then as time went on, we discovered that we weren't as good a match as we thought as we transitioned into, you know, later in life. But now we're great friends because we didn't let it get to the point where it was evil or it was mean or it was you know, antagonizing. And I like that. I like that for our girls. So we spend holidays together. We spend Thanksgivings together. We spend, you know, Christmas together, Christmas Eve. He's Jewish. I was raised Presbyterian. We met, we, we agreed in both religions. I tried with my girls to introduce them to everything. So they would have some kind of a spiritual connection. 
And uh, so we would celebrate all of the holidays, which was wonderful with his family and my family. And it's worked out. And you know, love is love. If you go through life feeling like you've only got a thimble full and you gotta dole it out, be really careful of who you love. Well then that's your reality. If you go through life feeling that the more love you give and share, the more there is, because the more you put out, you make room for more to come in, then you live that reality. So that's what, you know, I have chosen to do. That's what I have um, taught my daughters. It's what um, I believe Glenn has, is doing now and what we've all learned together to learn to do. So, um, you know, people will say, oh, do you have any advice about, you know, divorce? Because I've been through divorce. And some women, I think, you get where you, a lot of the, a lot of people will stay married and then are waiting for the kids to go to college, you know, that 20 years or 22 years and feel like, we'll get the kids in school and then we'll decide what to do because they don't want to break up the home. And, you know, I'm all for that if it's possible. We tried to do that. We, it just wasn't going to work. We were just shy of that. A college thing, but you got to you've got to decide what's good for you and what's for your family. But you can't give your life away, because if your kids see you giving your life away, they're they're going to do the same thing. It's the wrong message. The message is choose to be happy, create the life. You you know we all write our own story, and I know that sounds so weird. You know I'm an actor. Oh she's an actor. Write your own story. Ha ha ha. But it's true. You write your own story. You, everybody chooses how you want to live, who you want to share your time with who you want to share your money with, who you want to share your home with, who you want to share your body with. I used to say to my girls when they were growing up, you know, they went through that preteen stage and I'd say, you know, it's, it's your body. You can do whatever you want with it, but you're not a party favor. Don't be giving it away. Give it when you decide to make a commitment. You know, the first man you're going to be with is probably not the one you're going to marry and have a baby with. Could be, but might not be. So choose wisely, make sure he's worthy. Because when you're my age, when you're a middle-aged, you know, woman, mature woman, you're going to remember that first time. And that will color how you feel about love and sex and relationships and connection for the rest of your life. And I think that's about communication. You know, I think with, as a mother-daughter thing, if you can communicate that with one another, then they chose, they chose what they chose. And you know what? I feel so blessed because they both have incredible men. <laughs> And you are so good about communication. I mean, and I know you've done, you've done radio shows where you, you know, all right, talk about sex, you talk about relationships. And I think one of the best things about having you as a friend is your daughters are enough old and older than mine that I can call you and say, this is happening. What do you think? And more than once you have said, step off a little, just, you know, and, and I, you mentioned spirituality and you mentioned kind of your your faith. And I, I, I get that from you a lot where you just, you have to trust. And, and we're down to in our 20 minutes, we have about seven minutes. Can we talk a little bit about maybe some particular things or times in your life? I know you've had fires when you had your, your bigger house in Malibu. I know you've had career things and life things. I mean, is there, is there something you can talk about in regard to trusting the universe or how on earth you've gotten through some of these really tough, tough, you've been through some tough stuff i've had some stuff i i'd say the you know you kind of look i mean i believe in like astrology and destiny and i all kinds of things but also that we do create our own existence so there's there's always that there is that we do control but you got to deal with what you're given too you we get what we get you know and our family and sometimes we are not the center of the universe 
you know, we're the center of our own world, but you know, hello, sometimes we're just a, a supporting player in somebody else's story and that doesn't go so well for us. <laughs> what my friend Tom Rowan said to me one day when I was, when Glenn and I were going through our divorce, I was having a harder time. We had a producer come in um, onto General Hospital who, who for some reason didn't want me on the show. You know, all of a sudden I wasn't working as much. He was trying to get rid of me. They were, they were um, kind of trashing the character that I played at the time. I remember, and I remember the head writer, I won't mention any names because it's not, I'm not trying to point a finger here, but just to give an example, the head writer at the time who had done this because the producer had said to do it uh, on her way out the door um, as she was leaving said, what we did to you is wrong. And I'm sorry for my part in it. There was, there was, um, yeah, it didn't change what happened with regard to, you know, my financial situation, uh, my, my career being on the show, my trust in people. Um, and all this was happening at the same time. Um, so the financial thing was a lot of pressure. The, you know, the divorce, the show, it all kind of came at once at me. And my friend Tom Rowan said to me, whatever happens, I hope you don't become bitter. And I remember, I heard him say that. I'm like, oh, that was an interesting comment to make. I wonder what he meant by that. And I thought about it because you hear a lot of people when, who stop loving someone when they don't behave the way they want them to. And you can't choose what somebody else does. You know, I used to say to my girls in the back of the car, they push them, mommy, she did this, mommy, she did that. Work it out. You can only choose for yourself. You can't choose for her. So, and I live by that. So the, the not becoming bitter, I, I honestly do feel, I don't feel, um, I feel happy. I don't feel angry. I mean, yeah, are there things that I would like to change? Are there things that I feel like my life would have gone better if somebody else would have behaved differently? But that's not going to serve me or anybody else to dwell on that. That's just a lot of stuff swirling around. It's a lot of negativity and I don't want it in my life. So, you know, when you talk about resilience, resilience is a choice. <laughs> it's not like we have it or we don't. You have to choose to suck it up, stick a smile on your face and deal with what's given. You got to, what is what it is. And you can't make it what, like we said earlier, you can't make it what it isn't. It is what it is. So when you, you know, there's somebody, it wasn't me who has said what you, um, when something happens, what you resist persists and what you look at disappears. And I live my life by that. Oh, wow. <laughs> you are, you are the most positive person. And I, I, um, I, I on occasion play victim. Um, we actually have a taking 20 segment on victim behavior. And since I can sometimes be the queen of it, uh, Athena Demetrios is going to talk with me about it. But, uh, but I noticed like what you said, you're like, this is resilience. You go take care of it. You're also kind and you also take time for other people. And we have about two minutes left, 20 minutes flies. Like, <laughs> but with these taking 20 segments, this is about us as a community, just kind of talking about how we make it through. So with the, this little bit of time left, do you have any just final thoughts you want to share with us um, as, as your friends watching you? Little, little something you want us to remember? 
Yeah. Well, first of all, before we go, I just have to tell you, I love your hair. You cut your hair and you flat iron. It's so good. It's because I got the world's worst perm. I wanted curly hair like yours and I had it all long. And as you have taught me in life, sometimes stuff doesn't go the way you wanted it to. And so the only way to fix it was to just chop it off. Well, we chopped it all off. So So beautiful. I love it. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) Anyway, So anyway, you asked me if I had advice and I have to be quick now because I, um, because I do go on a bit sometimes. I, well, I guess, you know, I think the, the, like we said earlier, the most important thing is to be happy. And I think happiness is a choice. There was a poster that I put up when my daughters were young, right outside in the hall, right outside their bedroom. Happiness is a choice, choose wisely. And I live by that. And, and I, I used to say to them, the power of decision is your most valuable asset. It's not your hair. It's not your looks. It's not your, you know, how many friends you have, because all that will change and evolve as life goes on. But the power of decision every day, you can choose in every moment of your life, you can empower or you can disempower. That's all there is. So be smart. (laughs) Uh, and we're just so blessed that you spent this time with us um again Jacqueline Zeman most people know you as nurse Bobby oh wait but you're on another soap right now too right yeah well it's um uh, it's actually like we call a indie drama the okay, bay indie drama indie drama and then we're on Amazon, Amazon. and um somewhere else we're, we're all over the place we've been on now for quite a few seasons and it's a great show so people tune in if you get them in it we're good you'll like it i'll put the comments <laughs> i'll put it down in the comments so that they can find you so Jacqueline Zeman, thank you for taking 20 with us today thank you sean it's my pleasure